Hi, and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I have been through my own ups and downs with sobriety. And if you're listening to this, then you have taken the first step to making a change in your life and finding a community to help you through it. Now, let's start this journey together. What's up, fam? Happy Wednesday. I hope that you had an awesome weekend. It was a great weekend for myself. I had a couple of things to celebrate. One of them was the Twins' first sweep of the season versus the White Sox, which potentially probably isn't saying much because (laughs) the White Sox aren't that good. That being said, I'm still excited. But really the highlight of my weekend and week last week after I was done feeling like I was going to die from my sinus infection. Um, I celebrated 12 years of sobriety. And let me tell you how, let me just back up. Let's, let's, let's take a moment in time back up a little bit. We all know my story. We all know that I started AA in um, April of 2010. For those of you that don't know, I suppose I shouldn't assume that everybody does. I started going to AA on April 23rd, 2010. And it was on April 21st that I decided that I was done drinking. I remember sitting at my coffee table and I just, if you go back and listen to other stories, I had lost my job earlier in the month um, due to hella mismanagement um, uh, from drinking, from life, from drugs, from everything. So there was a complete lack of responsibility on my end. And I couldn't grasp what was going on with me. I couldn't understand why all these things kept happening to me. And my spouse and I at the time, we were still arguing, um, My infidelity was still being used against me. Of course, that's kind of fresh because he had just been back since um, probably early December. And um, we were trying to go through counseling, trying new churches. And no matter what I did, I couldn't seem to make him happy, right? I couldn't fix everything. Well, now here I am losing my job. I've got a toddler, not an infant anymore, but still I had a toddler and... um, I remember thinking to myself, you know, maybe if I go to AA, I'll be able to see if maybe I have a problem with drinking, right? Maybe I have issues with alcohol. That Because really, when it came down to it, the more I thought about it, everything that had happened to me since I could remember happened when I was drinking. I never cheated sober. Um, I also never showed up to work sober. I never made any good decisions while I was drinking. Um, I had a very promiscuous, horrible uh, personality. I also had problems with finances and being a mother and being a wife and so many other things. And it doesn't matter what the trauma was that happened to me, right? It does and it doesn't because our traumas, yes, they play a part in who we are. But... You can only play 
the I'm a victim card so much before you have to take responsibility for your actions. And that was something that was really important to me was being able to take responsibility for my actions. It still is to this day. I um, absolutely know for sure that I was also sick and tired of being sick and tired. I know that there was something in me that was so profoundly sad and more or less truly really exhausting. And I know when I started going to meetings that I did hear a lot of people say, you know, they got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And really through my journey of starting this podcast and kind of reliving everything, that's really what boiled down to me. That was the main point. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I definitely was also sick of screwing up and being mismanaged and having issues in my marriage and my family. And, you know, so that obviously played a huge part in it, right? But alcohol is the symptom, okay? Alcohol is not the reason. It's the symptom to the problem. So when we join AA, when we sober up, we have to take a really hard look at what the problem is, what the ailment is, you know, is it fear, rejection, is it um, trauma, different types of trauma, physical, mental, emotional abuse, you know, there are so many things that play into the creation of the alcoholic and obviously due to the fact that it is a recognized disability and it is a recognized disease, obviously there's components to it that there is an allergy, there is an addiction to it, because it seems to, for the time being, cure the ailment that we have. It takes over the pain, the frustration, the letdowns, the emotions, the traumas, the dreams. It takes over all of these different things for us. So being able to say, I'm sick and tired of feeling this way, because alcohol makes me feel this way, I remove the alcohol, right? So here we are. I'm ready to remove the alcohol because in my mind, once I'm done drinking, everything will be fine. (laughs) And it's so weird to think about that now um, because a couple of weeks ago I was in a meeting and I heard someone say that meeting makers make it. And that whole entire sentence made so much sense to me. And let me tell you, it hit me like a ton of bricks. There was nothing more that needed to be said to me to make me understand my past 12 years. Because meeting makers do make it. And let me explain to you why that is. The reason why meeting makers make it is not because we go to meetings. Okay, you have heard me come on this podcast and talk to you about my own struggles in sobriety. Why was that? I was going to meetings. I was doing service work. I was doing my best to stay involved in the program. But when you go through things and do things as simply a box to check off, you are never going to stop checking boxes. So when you go to meetings, and if you just sit there and say, oh, well, that was an hour, I feel great, 
you're not really taking in the program of AA. And yes, I am going to talk about the program of AA because you know what? I understand that there is a huge sober culture right now. I understand that there is this really cool, alcohol-free, lifestyle-changing, trying-to-be-healthy, clear-minded lifestyle push right now. And that is beautiful and wonderful. If you want to remove alcohol from your system because you feel that you are more productive, you're more aware, you're not cloudy-brained, you're not, um, I guess feeling like you're in a rut, then that is totally fine. But what I want people to understand right here and right now is that alcoholism is not a lifestyle, okay? Sobriety, while it definitely is my life, it is not a lifestyle, okay? I don't go on retreats and cleanse myself. I don't you know, stop alcohol for 90 days and then cleanse everything and then go back to it or switch from beer to wine or wine to white claw or white claw to light beer. There's no ability for me as an addict and an alcoholic to say, I'm just changing my lifestyle. I don't have that option, okay? Here's what I need. I need accountability. I need sponsorship. I need service work. I need an outlet. And I need to make sure that I am putting my priorities first. And for me, that priority is my sobriety. And what is sobriety? Sobriety to me is not taking another drink. Sobriety to me is not picking up pills. Sobriety to me is not picking up marijuana, anything mood altering. Okay. Sobriety to me means that for myself, I have to remain away from any mood altering substances. Now that might lead to a whole hash of other problems, right? We talked about finances a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm sober. I don't use any substances. Do you think that I don't have issues? Because I do. I have issues with spending. I have issues with working out. I have control and OCD issues. Of course I do. Because of the trauma that has happened to me, because of the things that I've endured in my life, my natural response to those things is to find a way to soothe. Okay? So there are going to be limits on things. And I know we've talked about this. The alcohol replaces is being replaced with something else. It can be he- it can be healthy, it can be unhealthy, but there will be a replacement for your drinking. But being aware of it, being aware of what's going on is the most important part, okay? And so for me, I realized recently that I do and have been having a spending problem and it stems from a couple of different things. My um husband had to have two surgeries and he switched jobs. Not his fault, nothing he did. But in those times, instead of just saying, okay, I got to slow down my spending and save, or I need to do this, I tried to take control of my finances and my life and saying, hey, I've got this, I can do this, only for my hours to be cut at work. Okay, 
So instead of trying to deal with my anxiety of my husband going into surgery and having some pretty serious surgeries done back to back and not having a job in between those surgeries, instead of being honest about my anxiety and my fears, I self-soothed with money, okay? I bought things for my rabbits, I bought things for myself, and it ended up putting me in a really bad position, okay? So alcohol is the symptom, money spending is the symptom, okay? Working out is the symptom, and we can do almost everything in moderation, right? When I work out, I eat more candy um, just because my body, I, I need more sugar. So in my mind, I have to remember, okay, I'm not working out today, so I can't have a certain amount of sugar or a type of sugar that I really want to have because I know that's just my body's way of saying, hey, I need you to give me something to compensate for everything that's going on in here. Um, so when I work out, um, I have to find healthy alternatives to after workout things, protein shakes. Uh, chocolate's really good for you, so I do a chocolate protein shake. Um, and if you want to go shopping, you know, if you're having a bad day, if you're having anxiety and you want to go shopping, go window shop. Leave your card at home. Leave it in the car. Don't shop online. You know, these are all things that we can do with accountability. These are all things that we can do in sobriety. Because if we're not taking care of the issues, they're going to manifest in another way. Okay? I know I can't drink. I know that if I do drink, it's a death sentence for me. It's not just maybe if I drink wine or a wine cooler or maybe if I try this. No. If I drink, I will die. If I use, I will die. Okay? So it is not a lifestyle choice for me. It is my life. My sobriety is my life. And this is why meeting makers make it. Meeting makers make it because we don't just show up and sit there and listen and move on with our lives. If you do that, if you just sit there and listen like I used to and just go, oh, yep, 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 and check the box and never do anything in the meeting, you are not going to stay sober. I promise you. And if you stay sober, you are going to be white knuckling and miserable just like I was. Just fucking miserable. And you know why? Because you're not doing anything to rectify what's going on in your heart and in your head. So meeting makers make it because when they go to meetings, they engage with people, okay? They shake hands, they say hi, they go early, they stay late. They also do service work, okay? So what is service work? I don't know if we specifically talked about service work lately, but service work means going in and making the coffee. Service work means sitting on, we don't have boards, right? We don't have like a board board, but we have a group of us that have a collective group conscience and we are in charge of the treasury. Some of us schedule the events. Um, some of us are in charge of making connections with the um, general service areas. Some of us are in charge of working with the location that we're in, whether it's a church, a hospital, um, what have you. 
And so we get on the service board and we uh, become a part of the home group that way. Okay, so by getting involved with your service board or your group conscience, however you decide to look at it, what you're doing is you're actively participating in the program. You are taking responsibility and it's a heavy responsibility because there are certain people that actually look to you. There are people that come up to me in the meeting and I sign off on their court paperwork. That is nothing that should be taken lightly. Because if I ever get called to testify or say, yes, that person was there, like, it's pretty important that I understand what is actually happening at that time. Um, what else do meeting makers do? They also, aside from service work, they also not only get involved with sponsorship by gaining a sponsor and having someone to be held accountable to, you become a sponsor. Because you cannot keep it if you don't give it away. And that is one thing that I am hopefully going to be able to do someday. I was a temporary sponsor for someone and then the pandemic happened. And unfortunately, due to her situation, she wasn't able to do anything virtually. But I did check in with her and I did make sure she's okay. And she's absolutely um, still sober to this day. And for her... That works, okay? There are a few of us that don't always have to go to meetings, but I am telling you that going to meetings makes it a lot easier. Going to meetings makes it so much better for your life as a whole because you know that you're not alone. And some of the things I that I go through at these meetings... Um, someone actually said in a meeting, and I got to go ahead and find my notes here because I love taking notes during my AA meetings. And it's kind of crappy because sometimes I'm on my phone and it really bothers me. But I want to write these things down because there are so many things that are said in meetings that are so profound, you guys. When you go to meetings, meeting makers go to meetings and they have find solutions to the problem that they haven't had yet. Say that again. Listen to that again. Solutions to problems that I haven't had yet. How accurate is that? How many times do you go to a meeting and you hear someone telling their story and you hear someone say, oh, well, you know, I might have gotten blackout drunk and drove into a mailbox but I haven't, you know, gotten into a car accident and killed anybody yet. Okay? That is where the yets come in. Okay? And I'm not saying I don't know of anyone personally who has a DUI that has led to the death of another person. But if we are not careful... And if we are not paying attention to our progress and we go back out there, this disease comes back tenfold. Where I'm at is not where I left off, okay? My disease has progressed 12 years already. So when I take a sip of something or I take a hit of something or I take a pill of something or a poke of something, my disease is 12 years further than where I left off. It's aged with me, okay? So... When we go to meetings, we are finding solutions to problems that we haven't had yet. There have been plenty of times where I've heard somebody in a meeting tell a story or tell a situation 
that I've been able to go, whew, I haven't dealt with that yet. And eventually I will. Eventually I will. Eventually I have. And if I haven't, then I know that if I hear of somebody else in that situation, that I'll be able to tell them to go talk to that person. So there are lots of different, lots and lots of different things at meetings that you're going to hear that you're not really going to give much attention to until you are actually in the situation and realizing, wow, I heard so-and-so talking about that the other day. And that's exactly where my meeting makers make it came from. You know, I really could not think of a better way to describe my 12 years than meeting makers make it. Because the times that I wasn't in meetings... I was really miserable. I wasn't finding alternatives or outlets because I was in a situation where I was basically secluded. And so my day was pretty much Groundhog's Day, okay? But once I was able to get out into the world on my own and I had to live life on my own, it got very scary very quick. And I found out just exactly how ungrown up I was, um, how immature I really was. When I left my first husband at 32 years old, 33, somewhere around there, um, I was probably mentally, well, they say your trauma is where it hits you um, when it first happens. So probably mentally 16. And um So to be 33 years old and be a 16-year-old is very emotionally, mentally, financially um, daunting. It's very frustrating. It's very scary. And without meetings, it wasn't that I was unraveling because I knew that if I drank, I would have issues. But it wasn't until I started going back to AA that I realized how much I missed it. Um, So... That was one of the things that I hated about not being at meetings. Now, when I started going to meetings, I ended up being one of those people that used to just go in and listen, right? Go in, listen, get my chip. Yeah, boop. Yay, I did it. Another year for me. Blah, blah, blah. And my disease was out in the parking lot doing push-ups. And if you have never heard that term before, either you don't have very many old people or old timers in your meetings or you need to get to some meetings (laughs) to hear it. Um, So I definitely ignored all the signs and symptoms. And obviously, as we all know, they manifested into what came of me this past summer and fall and winter, and which ultimately led to my almost relapse in February. Um, so when you're going to meetings, if you're just going to go there and sit there and not actually listen and participate, then you're not doing yourself any favors. Okay. You are, your disease is out there in the parking lot doing pushups and it's going to get to you any way that it can. And I am not even close to kidding, you guys. It will get to you any way you can. Now, the thing that really sucked about holding myself accountable and getting my life put together 
um, is now there are consequences for my actions over the past few months. Um, my own actions, things that I've done to myself, um, which unfortunately will have a toll on my family at some point because some of them are financial. And there are going to be things that I'm going to have to really buckle down on because I was going to the meetings, but I wasn't putting in the work. And um, I thought that I was checking all these boxes, you guys. I thought that I was doing everything right. I was on a service board. I was going. I was friendly. But I wasn't putting in the actual work. I was going and checking the boxes. Checking the boxes is never enough. Okay? It works for your laundry. It works for your dishes. But when you're done with your laundry, when you're done with your dishes, you still have to take them out and put them away. And I know. I hate putting away my laundry too. Oh God, I hate putting away my laundry. You guys, I will leave my laundry in a basket for two and a half weeks before I do anything about it. And it's because I have so much anxiety looking at it that if I just break it down and do it in smaller sections, or here's a novel idea. This one's going to blow you away. Hold on. Are you ready? You good? Sitting down? If I ask for help. (laughs) I know, right? Mind blown. If I just ask for help, those tasks become easier. You don't have to suffer alone. You don't have to put your laundry away by yourself. You don't have to do the dishes completely in one night. You can break things down, you guys. We can break it down. We don't have to be in a position where if we don't do it right now, it's not going to get done. That's not true. That's not true at all. Just because we are not getting it done right now doesn't mean that it's not getting done. Progress over perfection. Baby steps. One day at a time. Do you think these sayings are just out there because they sound cool and they look good on Instagram? No. They're out there because they work. Just like your meetings work. Just like sponsorship works. Just like having all the phone numbers work. It all comes together and it all starts when you go to meetings. Now, I am going to throw this caveat in there for all of you listening. If you go to a meeting and if you do not like that meeting, if you're not comfortable in that meeting, if you don't like that meeting, if someone makes you uncomfortable at that meeting, guess what? That doesn't mean AA isn't for you. That means out of the billions of meetings across the world that we have to include virtual, this thing on, virtual. You can attend virtual meetings, okay, you guys? You can attend virtual meetings until you find a home group that makes you feel comfortable. Because As much as I love my Instagram family, my sobriety Instagram family, or my Twitter Instagram family, or my Facebook communities, there is something to be said about the in-person meeting. There's a guy in our group, um, there's a couple of them actually, who drive almost an hour every Saturday just to go to our group because he loves it so much. They love it so much. Um, So... If one doesn't work, it doesn't mean AA is not for you. If one doesn't work, it doesn't mean sobriety is not for you. It doesn't mean you have to do it on your own. 
It doesn't mean that you aren't ever going to be sober and no one's going to under, pardon me, understand you. It simply means that you have to find another place to go. And that's okay. I went to, I don't know, five, six, seven meetings before I finally found one that worked for me. And that was after my ex-husband told me, well, you can only go on these nights. I said no. I was like, no, listen, I found this group that I like and I'm going to go, why? Because there's guys there? Well, duh. Of course there's guys there. But it doesn't always have to be that way, guys and gals. You can find a men's only meeting. You can find a girls only meeting. You can find a meeting for the LGBT community. You can find um, Jewish groups. You can find Spanish groups. You can find Japanese groups. There's so, you guys, it's not limited. You are limiting yourself. You are the one doing that. And don't get me wrong, I get it. I hate change. I hate starting over. I hate new things. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I wish I never had to start over on anything. But when you do start over on something, when you do have that chance to really see what's out there and what life is like, then those are the times when you grow. We grow outside of our comfort zone. We grow outside of the areas where we stay the most. Tonight, I had to... uh, My husband works nights, and so I had to go get the dog from Doggy Daycare because he goes twice a week, and I was making stir-fry tonight, but I forgot the soy sauce, and I thought, ugh, I do not want to go get soy sauce. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go into a store, and that's all because of my depression and my anxiety. Um, I have allowed myself, in an essence, to become lazy, um... I've also allowed myself to take the easy way out sometimes, but lately what's been holding me accountability is the way I interact with my son, and um, he holds me accountable in a way that I can't explain because I don't want to fail him. I have failed him for so long in so many different ways, and I know it doesn't necessarily mean a failure, and we'll talk about parenting in another episode. Um, I'm present for him, right? But because I have a chronic illness and because I do have depression and anxiety, I'm not present the way that I should be um, all the time. And so for me, I promised my son that we were going to have stir fry tonight. And so I went to the store and I grabbed soy sauce. You guys, that was like a monumental task for me. (laughs) I can walk around Target for hours, right? But going to get soy sauce to make dinner was was huge. It was a big change for me. Um, so things like that are an important part of my progress. They're an important part of my program. And they are important part of what sobriety does. When we go outside of our comfort zone, that is truly when we grow. Soy sauce might not be a big deal to some people, but soy sauce is a big deal to me. And I know that a lot of us hate to take out our laundry and do it and go through it and put it away. Just because you have dirty laundry and you need to clean it doesn't mean that everybody has to help you with it. Just one person, maybe two, if the load's a little big and overwhelming. But you don't have to do anything by yourself. 
and the community of AA and Alcoholics Anonymous, and even my sobriety community through Instagram that I've met through Sober City Movement is awesome. And we hold each other accountable. We talk about a lot of different things from COVID, marriage, babies, um, losing friends to the disease. I mean, there's just so much about sobriety that we don't understand on our own. And we won't, and you won't, until you are able to reach out and really ask someone how they're doing. When you ask someone how they're doing, you're doing service work. And it can be uncomfortable. I There's sometimes when I hate going early to AA, but let me tell you what, it's always worth it. Always, always worth it. And you are worth it. And I really hope that for you, when you sit there and you look back on your sobriety date, that you are able to go, wow, and see all the growth and all the change. And this time for me to get my 12-year chip was very, very emotional. It took a lot out of me for the rest of the day, actually. I was exhausted and crying and emotional because that 12-year chip from last April to this April, so much has happened to me. Happened to me, happened at me, happened with me, for me, because of me. There's so much life that happened in those 12 months. And sometimes I wasn't sure that I was going to get that chip. And not because I didn't think I was going to be here, but because I didn't think I'd be able to stay sober. And that is what going to meetings looks like. Going to meetings, staying accountable, working with your sponsor, talking to your sponsor. Um, having someone to relate to having someone to be there for you help you with your laundry you know it's it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows it's simply not and we have to put in the work and if you're just starting to put in the work now know that it's not going to be easy all the time and that's okay but you're worth it it's not going to be easy, but you've got the right tools in your toolbox. You've got the strength and know that we are always, always here for you. And you can start over every single day. You don't have to have a special time or day or event to start. Who knew that on a Thursday in 2010 that I would be sitting at my coffee table going, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. April 21st. 2010 just like this year April 21st was on a Thursday went and got my 12-year chip this Saturday on the 23rd 12 years to the day that I got my white chip exact same time too in the morning 10 o'clock in the morning so miracles do happen they really do it works if you work it and I promise that I'm here to help you work it and until next time fam be well. All right. Attitude of gratitude this week. We have had a lot going on lately. Um, my attitude of gratitude this week is definitely going to be for my um, sponsor and my best friend who have um, really been there for me. My best friend has seen me since the beginning um, going through this and um, my sponsor who has really kind of pulled me out of a rut and held me accountable. Uh, she's held me accountable a lot, actually. She doesn't let me slip. 
and to my husband who continually builds me up and even if we don't always see eye to eye he certainly is willing to grow and change and move mountains if it means meeting me on the same mountaintop and to my son you will never know how much you continue to inspire me I watched him dance this past week and I could not have thought of a better way to celebrate my 12 years of sobriety than to watch my son dance three days in a row. It was the most awe-inspiring, beautiful thing that I have ever seen. And I love watching him dance. So art is definitely something that resonates with me and he does it beautifully. And I am thankful for him. So that is my gratitude list for the week. I hope that you guys have a really great weekend and I can't wait to be back with you. Thank you for joining us on a Sober Girls podcast where we get together to talk about each other's experience, strength, and hope. I hope that today's episode was something that you needed to hear today, something that you can carry with you. I really look forward to our time together. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at a Sober Girls Pod. Also, you can check us out on Twitter at a Sober Girls Pod and our website at a Sober Girls Podcast. Till next time, be well, fam.